Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Bagel Logic Podcast, the show where Papa Tom's spreads wisdom like a schmear of cream cheese on an everything bagel. Here's your host, Tom Jennings. All right, everyone, welcome to the Bagel Logic Podcast. And as promised, I have finally brought a guest to the podcast. And it's a great guest. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a bit of an introduction. And, you know, it's weird. I, I think I'll have to ask him once I get him on where we met, because I'm not 100% sure. But Ultimately, our paths cross because one of my part-time vocations is as a music writer for the Niagara Gazette in Niagara Falls, New York. And I think I remember now where I was assigned a story about him and another musician named Jamie Holka and their long-term relationship and how they met at a pizza parlor. And years later, Bruce and Jamie are two of the most beloved musicians in the Western New York area. And he's a humble guy and He's listening to me say this, but it's it's true. It really is. But we're going to talk a little bit about, since the it's really the theme of this particular podcast, it's not necessarily music related like some of the other things I've done, but it's more about hindsight and looking back and some of the lessons that you learn in terms of the struggles and the challenges that you face. And Bruce shared a story with me years back about a time that he was with a group called Clear and before I say anything else about Clear, uh, Clear's manager, I believe believe he was a manager, is a gentleman by the name of Rich Brown, and he uh, passed away recently, so I'd like to dedicate this particular program to him and to his family. And, uh, you know, that being said, well, Clear was a band that was kind of on the precipice of fame. And some things happened, it didn't quite work out. But I think Bruce learned some lessons from it and still has some regrets that we'll discuss. But before I let Bruce come on and talk to us, I want to play a snippet of my favorite Bruce Wojcik track. Let's hope this works. She was a beauty queen. She was so Ah, yes, Bruce Wojcik, you just keep hanging on. Man, I never, ever, ever get sick of that song. How are you, my friend? Uh, Tom, that is, you know, 
so awesome of you because um, there's not many songs that I uh, don't get sick of. There are a bunch. Um, For sure. But, you know, that song, uh, I keep hanging out. You know what I love about it? it it's not just the whole just the, the vibe and the energy. And, and I was, I was blessed to have the opportunity to sing that with you on stage. We traded some verses and everything at the trial a few years back. One of my most fun. treasured memories. And, uh, but really what it speaks to is, uh, is kind of the tenacity and, and having to be a full time musician on any level requires a ton of tenacity. And I, I really admire you for that. I think you've carved out a great career for yourself. You're very well respected. You're loved as a person and as a musician. And um, I, I don't know, I, I'd like to, I guess, maybe start out with, you know, where do you feel that, that you're at in your music career and, and what level of satisfaction do you have? Wow. But yes, you're correct. The, the lyric of that song is all about exactly what it is. Keep hanging on, um, no matter what. I mean, there's even a, a line in there about my band in the nineties. Um, that's, uh, God's children that band is. And, and it's, uh, uh, what's it say in that, that line? It says, uh, uh, we were like, uh, one step away from doing something. And I, and I, dot, 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 maybe three steps away. Right. Like, yep. you know, you're sort of not as close as you think you might be, but, um, as far as my, uh, again, just amazing words, um, for me, so I appreciate it, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I've been doing this for so long, and, and so many ups and downs, and that kind of thing, and I, you know, I've got some new music coming out, too, and, like, I, I, I think I told you this recently in another conversation that I, I've sort of been procrastinating about putting that music out, and, um, just sort of weird, obviously, just the state of affairs of just so many different things in the last last few years, obviously the pandemic and this and that, and, um, not just that, but just, just, you know, some of the feelings that I have internally about stuff in general, and then just about the music business. I mean, the music business has changed so very much, as you know. Um, and sometimes I won't, I'm not going to lie about it. Sometimes when I'm on my own and I'm thinking about the music business, um, it, it seems like sometimes it seems like some that like people just really they they only want something that they know from the past or i mean again the way things travel and the way information travels it it is as crazy as and easier as it is to to share things around the world and do all that kind of stuff it's sort of to, in my mind sometimes makes it um it seems like it makes it harder sometimes because the attention spans of people and the, uh, the willingness to listen, you know, to, uh, I mean, again, you, Tom, you're like me. When we were growing up, we'd listen to a whole record. We'd get a record. We'd listen to the whole record a bunch of times, you know? And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that still happens, but it, but it just seems like, it seems to me like less of that than, than more of that. And, and I could be dead, dead wrong, you know, but at this point in my life, just the way that things are, it seems like that might be the case. And so, you know, putting out music, it just seems like it's sometimes it could be so, um, forgotten about very easy, you know? Um, and again, you know, I mean, radio is just a complete different animal than it was years ago, obviously. And, just all of the above. So, you know, as far as where I'm at right now and, and my satisfaction with it, 
um, feel really good and still positive about, you know, creating and, and doing that kind of thing. But, but sometimes on the other side of the coin, I, I won't lie. I, I get, I get a little discouraged sometimes, you know, does it make me want to stop and, you know, quit and, you know, I don't know if that's too harsh forward, quit or, you know, do something else or what have you. No, it hasn't made me go down that road, but sometimes it's, it's, I guess, like I said, discouraging uh, sometimes. So I hate to, not trying to be a downer, but like sometimes it, it, it hits me in that way. And I, and I yearn for, I yearn for times that are gone, you know, that are not coming back, you know, just the way that people listen to music, viewed music, appreciated music, um, the whole ball of wax, so to speak. So I know that was a long convoluted answer, but that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now. And it's, uh, it's, uh, 2022. You know, and I appreciate the honesty. I mean, you've been at this for a long time. I mean, I'm going to ballpark it 30 years. You've been doing this so far. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not more, I mean like, you know, really seriously, like, yeah, from like 19, 1990, you know, pretty much on, is that 30? Was that 31? God Almighty, um, right? Yeah, it's 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 uh, probably yeah, so thirty thirty one. Yeah. I mean, it's I guess the good thing is you're not keeping count. I mean, that thirty years at at any one thing is kind of a miracle. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I appreciate you being honest about the ups and downs and where you're at. I mean, I think that that's the kind of thing that people can relate to. We all set off on projects that you know this podcast, for example, is something that certainly I hope that people listen to and it resonates with them. Otherwise. You feel like it's something about you that they're rejecting and not necessarily, you know, I, I mean, like when you're, you're saying, oh, I'm hesitant to put out this new music. I mean, is part of that that feeling like, oh, what if nobody likes it or what if I just put it out and nobody listens to it? Um, definitely more B, you know, um, I know there are people that are going to dig it, you know, as there always is. And I'm not saying that being arrogant by, by any means, but I mean, again, you know, I have some, you know, my kind of fan base and you know every band and artist has their 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 fan base and their their base of people that you know is always going to enjoy sort of what they do um, you know unless they totally are, are going in the left field and excuse me and changing it up so to speak changing the style or what have you but i think it's more b i mean you know like not so much that you know nobody's going to listen to it but again this world we live in it's just weird where I mean, my God, there's still so many great bands and so many great songs, and and it's it's just, you know, who's listening to those songs or where those songs are ending up, you know? Um, so, I, you know, again, not trying to be negative, but just trying to process it all. And, and I think, you know, what's crazy is that, as crazy as it sounds, like in 2022, as we sit here with technology and, and everything the way that it, that it is, um, with our smartphones and all of the above, it's almost like sometimes I think I've got to go back to like really go back and go to a absolute grassroots. It's always grassroots. You know that. And I know that, you know, but it always go back to like, go back to this really grassroots thing and, you know, just worry about more of a, a smaller, uh, base, so to speak, than than trying to crack the code as we always, you know, uh, in the '90s and and in the early 2000s and so forth. I mean, again, even in the early two, 2000s, back to the Clear Band, you know, that 
the band Clear that I was in that you mentioned in the beginning, I mean, that we were we were still before I mean YouTube was out but it wasn't anything like it is today. Um I I don't think all the platforms were I mean again even close to where they are today, you know, the streaming platforms. Um so you still like radio at that time was still a huge vehicle. And and uh, you know, I, again, I just it's very different today. You know, very different today. I mean, I don't know and again, I'm not going around the country, going to every market and, and large or small and, and listening to radio and doing that kind of thing. But I mean, I don't, I just would, I would guess, educated guess, hypothesis that nobody is like, it seems like nobody's getting behind any local stuff anymore. It just, it seems that way to me or, you know, really regional thing and like really taking a risk with it and trying to, you know, with radio or you know, uh, again, I think that's it's more like you're all on your own now with all these platforms and all these easy ways to do all this stuff, and it's like you're on your own. You know what I mean? Which you've always been on your own, Tom. You know that, and I know yeah. that. Every band's always been on their own, but it seems like, I mean, you know, hey, there was not a lot of development uh, 30 years ago, but a lot more development of an artist even then than, than there is now. I mean, it, it just seems that way to me, but uh, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, and, and it's interesting too, you bring up, you bring up so, many, so many great points and you and I have a fascinating perspective in that we both have kids that are out there trying to do some original stuff and something that's unique and they're in the Western right. New York area. And I'm sure that you're giving your kid advice and I get my kid advice, but like you said, the, the medium changes so quickly, it's it's hard to even know if the advice that you're giving them is relevant to today's music scene. But I, I agree with you. I, I mentioned in a Facebook post recently about this concept of exposure bucks where bands are expected to play for exposure, you know, opening up for somebody or taking a gig for next to nothing, if not nothing. And it's even harder as a band that's playing original music because if people don't know your music, they probably aren't going to come out and see you. And and it felt like that there was a period of time, even on the national level, I use the example of Kiss, you know, Kiss used to take out Kiss or or, uh, Styx, Rush, you know, all these different bands as their opener and kind of help them along in their career. But there just doesn't seem to be the kind of national acts that even want to bring out these new acts out on tour with them to, to build a new audience for them. I mean, ACDC, you know, I mean, they, they, they were an opening act almost up until the time that Bon Scott died. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, most of the packages as far as shows, I mean, they're all right. I mean, most of them are all going for, you know, stuff that you, they're trying to maximize on, on, the, on people in the seats, as they always have. And you know that, and I know that, too. So I don't want to think, I don't want to, you know, speak like I'm being ignorant to that. I, I'm totally aware of that, but... Again, going back to square one, just the development of any, you know, new stuff. And, and, and you know what? I don't know. I don't have a pulse on everything. So somebody could listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my God, well, what are you talking about? There's X, Y, and Z that you're not even thinking about. And I, I get that. But it just seems to me at this point in the game, in the music biz, that, you know, first of all, it's all playing live now. I mean, that's where... You know, that's where you're making your money. I mean, it's quite evident that that's, that's what it is. I know people, some people are still selling a lot of records 
you know, I'm sure in the hip hop genre and, you know, like really crazy pop, you know, genre and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, but, um, I, I just, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, it, you know, I don't think it's, uh, it, you know what, that brings me to a point, going back to playing live, you know what, that's what, that's what I tell my, my son and the band, you know, 77 stone, I tell them, and this it really hasn't changed in a way, but uh, you know what, if you can go, uh, you go to markets around the country and you can get, you know, you get 200 people to buy a ticket to come and see you play everywhere you go. I mean, if you can do that, you're successful. Without a, without any, you know, I mean, again, yeah, people, somebody might listen who doesn't really know the biz and go, oh, well, what are you talking about? I mean, what about 2000 or what about, you know, this and that? Well, I mean, again, it, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that happens in each market. And, again, if you can get somebody to know what you're doing and, and again, get 200 people to come and see you play in all these different markets, um, you're really, you're doing something, you know, and you do that consistently. There's so many artists that people that are in a mid-level Thing, as you know and I know that that some people have no idea who they are. A lot of people do on the other side of the coin. But I mean, again, um, I don't want to start naming you know people, but you know, <laughs> it's it's hard, man. You know, I mean, it's hard unless you're uh, you know a retro act, a, a uh, nostalgia kind of thing, or again, one of these huge uh, acts in hip hop and you know some of the pop stuff. I'm trying to think. I don't even know. See, I'm so I'm so just removed from from some of this stuff but like what's the the japanese five boy band thing going on what is that happening there in the commercials and stuff and yeah. the cell phone thankfully i don't remember the name of it <laughs> i know, but I mean, you know, I know what you're like, talking about yeah it's uh you know, like, i mean again I've, I've been so far away from something like that in any band or anything i've ever done you know but like i know that stuff is extremely successful but it's just like you know i mean hey we were chatting about the black crows real fast before we we were we, we started doing this and they're like, you know, still, you know, I was talking with somebody else a while back. I, there was a, a, a band we were doing all black crows thing. Um, and, and we, we had a show a couple months ago. We hadn't had one in a while, but we were like that band never, they never were an arena band. I mean, they could do a festival with other people, but as far, am I wrong in the fact that they were, you know, never, never could do, you know, no, am I wrong? Well, I, I, it's interesting. I feel like, and maybe, and you know, I'm a big Todd Rundgren fan, and I think it was yeah. an, maybe an article that where someone talked to Todd, and I think Black Crows falls in the same category in the sense that if you foster, you, you said 200 people, you can play bars 200 people across country and make a really good living, potentially six Absolutely. six figures a year. But you That's get these I'm guys saying. like huh? Todd Rundgren who you know, Flounders 500, whatever, or Black Crows, which at one point were two, 3,000 until recently, you know, they started to capitalize on Shake Your Money Maker and all that. But right. their concentration was, we'll build a fan base, we'll nurture just that fan base and not worry about the greater collective consciousness of music. But exactly. even going back to the beginning, I mean, where did the Black Crows get their break? I mean, it's harder. We've got two kids. It's And, and you love to just say, hey, get in a van and drive places. When I was, uh, I don't remember how old I was, probably in my late 20s, I was working at a club where this band literally just showed up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and said, hey, man, can we set up and play for for three hours because we're driving and we just, we don't have a gig right now, we just want to play. And that band was widespread panic. I mean, that's what they were doing to build their reputation. Spin Doctors kind of did the same thing. So there's a lot of these road dogs that had clubs that they could hit to in every market. 
I think that scene may still exist in Chicago, New York City, you know, wherever. But what band is going to show up in Buffalo and just have a place that they can do a pop-up gig or even gig with anybody else? I mean, but like you said, Bruce, we're a little bit older. So maybe there's a part of the scene that we just don't understand or even aren't even a part of. Yeah, and I ask myself that. I do. Um, and I, I don't know the answer to it. I mean, I, I would assume the answer is yes. There's some, but, but you know, again, talking to, talk, like, about our kids, talking about uh, the boys, and, you know, they they haven't given me any revelatory, like, band, like, oh, my God, that I've never heard of, that's, like, doing just tremendous, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, again, it all goes back to playing live in yeah. 2022, and for the past how many years now? I mean, again, it's, you know, I mean, who buys a record and listens to the whole thing? Again, not trying to be negative. And number two, I mean, you know, coming to town, I mean, you know, playing live is, <laughs> like you said, if you can do 200 people in each... uh in each market around the country consistently, you can make a damn good living and be a successful artist, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I guess I was going back to the black crows thing about how they, they weren't an arena band. Right. I mean, they never sort of graduate. Now again, one of my all time favorites, right? You as well. Like, yep. I mean, that's, dude, I remember when that came out, Holy cow, that was like the best thing it was some. It was Stonesy. It was like the faces. It was like humble pie. It was like it just spoke to me, like more than so many things at the time. I was like, this is the best thing. Still, when I listen to that that stuff, it is absolutely amazing music uh, to me. You know, amazing. Just speaks to me. And I, like I say, I just don't. You know, you got your huge artists, your Metallicas, and your all these, these huge artists and so forth. And again, you do have a lot of artists that what we're not mentioning that, that do that 200 people, 400 people go around the country and so forth like that. But I, I, I guess it just seems like everybody just doesn't have the capacity, um, with the way that it all happens and travels and all of that stuff. It just seems that way that, that, that people don't have the capacity to really follow along with something, really pay attention to something, really, you know, share stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just different. It's just a different, it's a different world, you know, and you gotta look at, and you gotta make it work for yourself. Right. I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't want to go down a road and think, ah, you know, it's, you gotta make it work. You gotta, you gotta do what you have to do to make it work. If you want to be a, uh, a musician slash artist and, and do your thing. You got to make it work. So you got to find a way, as you always have. I mean, things change. They always did. Things change from Elvis in the fifties to, you know, the sixties, seventies. I mean, everything always changes. So you got to make it work. But I, again, I can't lie. Sometimes it sort of brings me down where I'm just like, man, you know, it's just just so different. And you know, you have all these amazing things that you can share your music on and do this and that. But so does everybody else as well right and i think that's the that's the thing when we were younger you know there wasn't that and like you know the the bands that got deals and or had good independent record label deals or started their own label and did well i mean it's just different you know so and and that'll transition us nicely into because we're at about the 23 minute mark so try to go about another 10 minutes so let's talk about the clear story 
I know sure. you and I, when Clear reformed, uh, you kind of gave me a little bit of backstory that I didn't that I didn't know in terms of your regrets and whatnot. Lead singer is yeah. a guy named Fred Schaefer, I believe. And Fred was, I mean, I, I only got to see them after the initial run, you and them, I should say. And man, he, you know, the guy had a great stage presence. And oh, yeah. the band had incredible chemistry on stage. And you tried to kind of do that reboot in, I think it was 2015. But, what I mean, what happened with the initial run and... How you know what are the what are the pieces of that that you're still kind of hanging on to for you know to kind of coin your song lyric, and what were the lessons and the takeaways from that? Well, um, yeah, 2015, 2016, actually, I think it was 2016 when we put we actually recorded a record and we put it out called Eyes Wide Open, and it was like half new tracks, and then half some live archived kind of stuff like a couple tracks from CBGB, a performance in the early 2000s. Um, one from Darien Lake, I believe, here opening up for the Goose, and one from the Viper Room in Hollywood when we played there in 2002. Um, and and you know, to to make it short, and I'm not going to make it short. You know, you're gonna I'm going to expand forever. But you know, when you get far away, first of all, we had two other singers after Fred. Um, so we had, you know, uh, there was two other versions of the band, so to speak. And then we go back to the original singer. And I think, first of all, you know, people people move on. They, they get older and they, you know, they, they, they're doing their things with their lives, as, as we all do. And so I think a lot of the fan base actually, you know, sort of, they forget, you know. And then you try to give them reminders and this and that. And, you know, hey, you know, you're not... You know, Van Halen or the or the Rolling Stones, you don't have that kind of base uh, that's just going to, like, be with you all the way. I mean, like, the, the Stones, right? Charlie dies. Hey, we're good. Next week, it shows on. Let's go, you know. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I do, you know. But um, so I just think a lot of people, you know, sort of moved on, you know, when we put that record on to, in 2016. Uh, and I shame because, man, so proud of that record. It sounded great. Um, I thought the songs were great. I thought the, the extra stuff, as I mentioned, the, the live tracks, and and uh, there was even a uh, a cover of Cuts Like a Knife by Brian Adams that 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 Robbie uh, Robbie Takak, of course, who uh, signed us to his label there um, years back, he uh, he had us do an idea to do that that song. We never put it out, so we popped that on there too. But I think people just moved on, um, and it just was not what we were expecting it to be. I mean, again, we weren't expecting it to uh, to reinvent the wheel with it. But, um, yeah, so it was, you know, we did a couple shows, and then it just seemed like, you know what, well, you know what, maybe we'll just we'll just put this to bed for a while, you know. And I, I, never, I never say things are absolutely done, you know. I always leave doors open. I try not to shut them. So, you know, I mean, who knows what could happen in the future and, uh, and with whom. But yeah, it it um, it was lackluster, you know, when we did that, and we were we were hoping that you know we could rekindle some of that that kind of thing, and you know, again, we did some shows. They were they were okay. I mean, the band played well, but I mean, it, it they weren't you know sold out shows, and uh, yeah, so it's it, it's hard, you know, it's hard when you 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 lose, and 
and Tom, you know what I know. I mean, again, people want the guys and the original members of the band. I mean, they ju- they just do, you know. And I know the singer's the most important one in all the uh, band equations that we can talk about through the years. But but still, I mean, just people, you know, when you like something, you know, it could be a food, right? One little piece of that that recipe that's gone away, and it's not the same. And you know what? We're creatures of habit. We're we like what we like, and so yeah, it was uh, it was tough, you know. And uh, but we'll see what happens in the future with it. But yeah, that was that was the deal, you know. And and just a footnote on clear, going back to the of the music business and and all everything we were talking about is like I said earlier, you know, when we were rolling and things were going amazing um, before Fred left the band, um, we were like in the last little couple years there, I think, of actually you know, having a really great opportunity to to get a single on the radio and having different markets pick it up and so forth. Because, again, it was before all of what we know sort of today with all the streaming platforms. Again, some of them were out, but they weren't huge. YouTube was out, but it wasn't what it was. Um, there was, I don't even know if Facebook was out at that point, if it was just beginning in its infancy. But, so sometimes I think... Man, we missed that opportunity. We could have capitalized on that. Um, and then on the other side, too, if we could have kept going, then I think we could have capitalized on on utilizing all that stuff, you know, the platforms and the social media and that kind of thing. You know, obviously MySpace was, was around back then, but um, that, that came and went pretty fast. But, yeah, so so that was the deal with, uh, with that last run at the Clear stuff in, in 2016. And just so people have a little background, because, I mean, the part that, that I always found interesting was that, that first run. Now, Fred Schaefer was your original lead singer. You were signed to a record label, Robbie Takek, in case anybody doesn't know. He's the uh, half of the Goo Goo Dolls. I mean, uh, John Resnick and Robbie are the two. Robbie still has a Buffalo presence. And this was Robbie's record label, if I remember correctly. And yeah. you guys were you guys were there. And Fred decided to leave the band. I mean, and that kind of took away your momentum. And I mean, you know, you have every right to be upset about that. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a tough situation. I mean, and, and, and I'm almost wondering how you and Fred were able to resolve some of those feelings and even get back on stage together. I think, I mean, honestly, I don't think it ever really goes away, you know, but, but as time passes, as humans uh, are, and time passes, passes. Excuse me. Um, you know, you, you, even myself, I wanted to get back to what we had. You know, I, honestly, I wanted to get back to that lineup of that, and hear him singing those songs again, and play with him again, and and so forth. And and then, you know, as you've heard a million times in in band stories and stories about bands and and things like that the same stuff sort of creeps up right you know what i mean like that sort of stuff that sort of happens to make the band split sort of creeps up again you know and um yeah but uh, you know and again i told you this before you know the the truly tough at the time because you know if your band is not doing well and things are going in the tank, and you can just feel it happening all around you. Shit's just not working out. It's not happening. Um, you know, that's that's one 
that's one uh, situation where you can see somebody going, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do something else or what have you. But that wasn't the case with us. You know, that we, nothing could have been further from the truth with that. We were like really doing amazingly well. I mean, Robbie was, Robbie was going to, you know, uh, push a single on the radio and, and spend a, you know, a lot of money to do that. And I mean, literally, literally he was going to do that the next day after, uh, Fred came in and said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit or stop or what have you. And so it just was, it was just such a hard pill to swallow, you know? And, you know, and again, we, we, we felt it, we all felt it. I felt it, uh, tremendously just like with Fred, again, being the singer and front man and, and he was, the main writer, we all wrote, but he was the main writer, and um, it, it was just it was just tough to take because it was just like, man, we're right in the middle of the game here. You know what I mean? Like, like it's this is not the time to do this, right? So that's as I told you before, that's the thing that I always felt myself as like the I don't want to say the leader, you know, like the sort of like the coach, the guy who tries to keep it all together, keep everything together. I mean, because Fred was younger as well. He was the youngest guy in the band. So I'm just trying to keep it all together, make it all good, and, you know, keep plowing forward, that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, uh, so just really tough, tough to take. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? It, it, you got you got to plow forward. That's what we did. We we got another, another guy to sing and, uh, you know, wrote a – God, we wrote about over 20 songs and, and you know, gave them to Robbie and said, hey, man, I, you know, I know it's different, but what do you say? Well, let's just try to keep going here. And he said, you know what? Yeah, some of these songs are really freaking good, man. Let's do that. So we we did and went and recorded. And before we could even put that record out, you know, that guy flaked out as well, the singer that we had. I mean, it's just like, it's just crazy, man. And so we ended up firing him and, and then got another singer. And again, you know, when you you do that, you know, I don't care what band you are, you know, not every band can be Van Halen. Again, yeah. first of all, you have huge success. And, and hey, you know what I know. I mean, if they would have got some, you know, look at the Gary Sharon thing, right? It always just comes up in the Van Halen thing, you know. Geez, I, I like that record. It's a nice record with Gary. They, they wrote some great songs on there, you know. But people just, just throw it in the tank every time, you know. I mean, you know, Sammy... It was great, but um, uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's, it's the common tale. I, Tom, it's a common tale. So yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, and it's 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 interesting because you mentioned before, you know, a change can really reverberate with the fan base, but it's yeah. it's really seems like it's one way or the other. You talk about a Charlie Watts, he dies, they just throw in another drummer, Steve Jordan, who's a great drummer, by the way, but it it, it feels like once the band has the catalog established, they can pretty much go out with the cousin of the first roadie and people will go to the show, but you have yeah, to get to the point what? where you you're, you're at that, where people will just not even pay attention anymore. They just know the songs. They don't even I know think, the band members. I think that's a huge point that I've got to touch on. I think you're entirely right. But when you're a band in the middle there that mm. hasn't graduated to, that's the, that's the thing that, 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 that kills you sort of right again, if you're established foreigner, Rolling Stones, any of these bands, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking there's so many of them that have different personnel now. Um, it's 
it's easy, right? I mean, you know, in theory, it's easy, right? Get some other guys. You got these great songs. Everybody knows these songs. But when you're still you're still pushing forward and plowing forward, trying to become a household name, that's that's a tough spot to do it in, you know. And so you have your fan base that is such that is you know smaller, and they love what they love, like what they like, and it's that's what makes it hard, you know. That's yeah. what makes it hard. And then again, people get older. They move on with their lives, and then you need to come back on, what, X years later, how many years later, and you're like, hey, you know, we put on our record, and we want you to we want you to get back in the same mindset you were, um, geez, let's see, from 2004 to 2016. Uh, what's that? How many years? I'm terrible with math. It's a lot. That's all that matters. <laughs> a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah, you were like, well, we don't know the <laughs> equation, but, um, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, again, if somebody was 25 in 2004, all those years later, I mean, my God, your life could be so different at that time, right? You got some kids, you got, you know, I don't feel like, feel like you know, going out tonight, man. I'm going to sit home and do X, Y, or Z. But, um, yeah, that's that's what makes it uh, makes it tough, you know, uh, in that situation. For any band, not just us yeah. at the time. But I, can, band, only, so. I can only think of one band off the top of my head that was able to, to have a tale of, like, you know, they kind of were there and then everything fell apart and then they... And that's Anvil. I mean, and that was because of a documentary. So it was just such an oddity that they were. And and the great thing was, is that the story made for a great documentary. And then people all of a sudden went back and discovered the music, but they still had their two main guys. So even there, like you said, I mean, there's something to be said for, and I think there's something to be said for chemistry too. And, and like I said, you bring, no you bring in another lead singer, right? and on some level, you must have had a little less confidence in them. And that's not a reflection on them at all. It's just the reality of the situation. And then the same thing with the other person. And and even the pressure of being a lead singer coming into a band that's already established. You, you mentioned Van Halen. I mean, Sammy Hagar, you know, they had a honeymoon period. But the reality was, at some point, he had to come yep. to the realization that wasn't his band. That was the Van yeah. Halen Brothers band, and, yeah. and they were the ones that called the shots. And even up until the you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, where it's like, hey man, it's my band, Sam, we yeah. loved love what you did, but you know, you know, I, I I gotta stop you because I just real fast, I just a footnote on Anvil, um, just a bizarre thing about Anvil. The first my band in the '90s, which was God's Children, the first national band that we ever opened up for. And we were thrilled out of our minds, like we got a spot on supporting somebody that's, you know, national, was Anvil. So it was the first band we ever opened up for in Buffalo at a place, was it, was it Wise Guys or something, Some a club called Wise Guys? Um, anyway, so years later, speaking of clear, we, and this is a, again, this is not in our not in our initial period of success from, say, 2000 to 2004 or 2005, but in, oh gosh, was it, was it in the 2015 or somewhere around there? I think it was. We, we're, we have Fred back, so we have, like we mentioned, we've been talking about that period of time, 2015, 2016, and we get, we get a gig opening up for um, Alice Cooper. And who's on the bill? Yep. Anvil. So it's Alice Cooper, Anvil, and us, and Clear, right? And so don't we end up hanging out with those guys? And, um, you know, it's crazy because 
me and the uh, uh, not Lips. Lips is the singer, the the drummer. Jeez, oh, I, I can't recall his name. Super sweet guy, right? Don't we? He goes, "Hey, you got any rolling papers?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I actually did. I had some papers in my in my back." We, oh so, goodness! Uh, so we we have uh, we we sit in our van and we 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 get stoned and we we talk about stuff. And and I was asking him about you know again how things going. I mean, because the documentary, if I'm correct. Uh, that came out right about that period of time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a little bit of a re, rehash, and, and then, uh, you know, I said, hey, just cra- crazy enough, we, you know, first thing we ever did, first band we ever opened national was you guys, you know, this band. Of course, he didn't remember that. Don't expect him to, but I just had to, it's just funny you mentioned that. But, um, you know, and I used one of the lines from the, uh, from the, uh, from the documentary all the time. I use it with my son's band. I use it with, in all kinds of situations, and that line is Tom. You know what the line is? That's dedication, pal. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh goodness. Yeah, it was fine. I was at that show, and I I got backstage. I met Alice. I met the guys from Anvil, and I re- I actually remember them seeking out somebody that had rolling papers, and I'm just now realizing that, that was you. So <laughs> it's it's funny, but yeah, and and I had the old, had the old pack of zigzags in the uh, yeah. little compartment my backpack. So, but um. You know, and, and another little weird thing is that, speaking of bands that sort of, you know, they get close and don't really explode, but, you know, uh, one of the guitar players in Alice's band, Alice Cooper's band at the time, was Damon, uh, oh, God. Damon Johnson, Damon. yeah, yeah. He Damon was, Johnson. Yeah, he was getting near the end. I, he was actually complaining to me backstage about working with Alice, and he wanted to get out, and I think Orianthe was coming in, and now he's yeah. he's with I, Leonard I, I, Skinnerd. <laughs> Did you know that? I, I had... I had two seconds uh, uh, talking to Damon, and I said, hey, man, I just want you to know I was a huge, I am a huge uh, Brother Kane fan, uh, yeah. because he was in a band called Brother Kane that came out in the uh, in the 90s, Yep, I believe, and their first record is one of my favorite, favorite records. Um, and again, you know, one of those bands, right? Like, you know, you ask a lot of people about Brother yeah, not really, probably have to you know, only certain people are going to remember that or remember the the most popular song, which was "Got No Shame." But uh, um, yeah, so yeah, just a crazy, a crazy biz, man. And, and yeah, Tom been doing it for so long, you know, and uh, still, still enjoy it when things when things go great. You know, they're they're just great, like anything else, right? Anything that you do in your life, you know, and when things are shitty, you know, then things are are sort of shitty. But it's it seems like it's a harder code to crack nowadays to. I don't know if anybody is going to become, you know, like Van Halen or like just something huge. If it's not, I hate to say it, if it's not a hip hop thing or if it's not a, you know, like a, that pop kind of thing like that. Like I said, I don't know the Japanese boy, boy thing or, or something like that, whatever that is. There's just so many, you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, you know, but I mean, again, you two and just all these amazing Guns and Roses, all these things. I, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna happen again. I, I'm sure it will, but it's it's tough. Don't know if it will. Well, and you know what? We'll wrap up on, like you said, an optimistic note. I mean, you've got a great career. Uh, you got uh, Strictly Hip is doing very well, and and uh, your solo work, and then hopefully you get some new music out soon. But you know, you don't necessarily have to be the most popular guy around in terms of music to to put together a, a nice living at it and i know that your fans appreciate you i'm one of them my wife's definitely one as well 
and uh, you know it and if nothing else it it gave us the opportunity to you and i to meet so and i know that you've met, made a lot of friends in the music industry and you just make a lot of friends out in the world you're a friendly guy we're both uh and we both we came together because of music and music really is right. the common denominator that i believe brings people together as opposed to so many other things which really cause division and ironically we've talked about divisions in bands and all that other stuff but as i said ultimately it all works out for everybody and i think we kind of land in the place where we're, we're meant to be and when this podcast becomes the next you know as popular as joe rogan then of course bruce you can say you were an early guest the first guest as a matter of fact and then i'll be a guest as well <laughs> guest as well and we can talk about at that point we can talk about more food right. item food item driven conversation yes you know what i mean <laughs> we can talk about anything but music yes right right so. you know but i just want to say last thing <laughs> uh, number one i love you dearly uh, you know i love you and your wife dearly I, i've known you guys for years now and so appreciate your support and your love for what i do and uh love the fact that you had me on the show uh today uh really appreciate it and number three, uh, shameless plug, and just re reiterating the fact that by no means am I being ultra negative about music today. It's just it's just different, and and right. things things change. Uh, all things change in life. That's one thing. Right? Well, I'm sure you tell your son. I tell my son the same thing. Yeah. Nothing stays the same. Things change. You got to adapt. You got to you got to shift and shake with it, man. That's just the way that it goes. You got to find a way, right? Find a way. And again, in music, like you say, if you can find a way to make a living doing it, something you love doing, that's the way to do it, right? No matter how you do it, what way you do it, find a way. That's a, that's an amazing thing if that's what you want to do. So, um, I think there's a lot of amazing positive stuff yet to come. And uh, again, I do have all this new music too. So everybody look for it. It'll be on. Hey, ready for this? It'll be all. It'll be on all the streaming platforms, Tom. <laughs> as where where my podcasts are all located as well on all the streaming right, platforms. And all so. the streaming platforms. So <laughs> um, that should you know, be that we'll, should be uh, the name of your next band. All streaming platforms. So yeah, that'll exactly. be, it'll be fascinating. We'll form something. But anyhow, Bruce, thank you so much. It was a great time. We always have great conversations, whether we're recording them for a podcast or not. So uh, everybody, I encourage you to check out Bruce's music and go see him perform live if you're in the Western New York area. And of course, you know, support your local musicians and do what you can. It's, it's been a tough couple of years for them. And uh, just, you know, come keep hanging on, as my good friend Bruce says. All right. That's it. All right. Thank you very much. And this is the uh, Bagel Logic Podcast. We will see you next week. Tom, thank you. Love you much, man. All right. See you, Bruce. Take care. Bye-bye.